Hello and welcome to the TWEP, proudly brought to you by Workplace Services Australia, your leading workplace strategy, change management, workplace culture and workplace services partner. My name is Bly Williams, I'm the Director of Strategic Special Projects at WSA and are currently working on a number of workplace and bespoke once in a lifetime projects for the clients of our sponsor. Do you think attaching bonuses to the time you're in the office is the way to get people to return to the office? If so, would it get you to work from the office more frequently? Recent media articles reveal that employees at Origin Energy and Suncorp risk having their bonuses cut if they do not comply with the office attendance rules. The policies were introduced this year to set a clear expectation for staff and come as organisations try to strike a balance with workers who become used to working more flexibly during the pandemic. For example, the Commonwealth Bank has struggled to get a couple of hundred of their workers to comply with its requirement to come back into the office at least 50% of the time each month. So I think we could refer to this as the big stick approach, the top-down approach or management by stealth. It certainly doesn't help workplace culture. People all need guardrails to protect themselves from making stupid short-term decisions. I want to flood a few ideas. We often discuss how the office is one of the key tools in the kit of parts of getting people to return back to work, to become more social, more creative and more productive. Knowledge is essential for how to use the tools in the workplace. But this should also include an organisation's workplace standards, protocols and policies to assist employees to get the most out of not just the physical office, but now the organisation's flexible working policy. The workplace standards for many organisations have had to be reviewed for a post-pandemic workplace. The years of the rack and stack with little or no consideration for personal physical space for individuals is now long gone. Many progressive clients have looked at their workplace standard documents as an education tool to help employees understand the best way to preserve physical distancing and also what the best settings are to be used for a particular activity by a person or team for what they're doing in that part of the office. Many of these documents were a standard that were applied globally for multinational organisations, but your local team must be able to relate to the rationale behind these standards. So it's even more important now to develop a local or regional version of the workplace standards, more so than the overarching global version. The office design and functionality are impacted by the local culture factors and their geographical location. In Australia, this is even a challenge for national organisations that may have employees working in capital cities versus regional or country locations. These standards now also need to take into account the expectation of people working from home or from other locations other than the office. It sets out the expectation on how the workplace outside the office needs to be set up or configured to understand the basic requirements to minimise risk to the employee and to the organisation. Remember, people need guidance to protect themselves from making stupid decisions. Once an organisation has brought their standards, protocols and policy document up to date, then it will need a periodic review to see how the progress in technology, tools and new furniture options can contribute to the change in the workplace standard. When you add significantly changes that are health-driven, not economically driven, due to the events like the recent pandemic, 
these will see a requirement for changes in the protocols and policy part of the workplace guidelines. Look at the COVID numbers in recent weeks in Singapore. Let's not assume that we're out of the woods on this one just yet. Now let's have a chat about the protocols. Remember, these are the rules or guidelines that explain the best conduct or procedure for a particular situation. They are different to a policy. They consider how to deliver best practice using a rational process. These often have to be changed and modified based on the changes to the how the workplace is used. These protocols can really assist in habit forming and how people use parts of the environment or how people work in their new flexible working ecosystem, no matter if you're at the high risk or low risk part of the local viral infectious cycle. Requirements of the business units for additional space or changes to their existing workspace should follow these guidelines. Sharing the guidelines with management and staff provides the rationale on the why. Remember, the two are very, very different. That is the policy or the protocol. It's an organisation's decision which one to use. For example, if your organisation has always been a bit rogue when it comes to changes in the workplace, then it's my suggestion that the process becomes a policy. So process-driven events, remember, are either a protocol or policy-driven. My recommendation to clients is that health-driven outcomes need to be a policy. This is because policies are enforceable under terms of employment. Flexible working arrangements can either be a policy or a protocol. It depends on your workforce and your workplace culture. If they are a we-centric organisation, then a protocol position is better. If they are an I-centric organisation, then the policy position is best. There is no one-size-fits-all here. Remember, your policy selection needs to consider document confidentiality and storage when people are working in a flexible working arrangement. Secure destruction and secure of storage is important when people are working from home as it is when they're working from the office. So education and knowledge, in my opinion, is the best way to go far more advantageous than the big stick approach. It helps in making people understand the why and the how. It will certainly contribute to a smoother running ship and workplace culture on the go forward in the short, medium and long term. Also, if you are doing a review of your workplace standards, protocols and policies in 2024, do not be afraid to engage with the business managers and the employees. It will identify anything that you may have overlooked from senior leadership, facilities, corporate real estate, ITC, or a HR perspective. Do not underestimate the power of this document in your kit of parts, in your return to the office or your flexible working arrangement efforts. Your people are not stupid. They just need to be guided and educated. Remember, they are guidelines. The guidelines are made up of standards, policies, and procedures. Well, that was a pretty heavy session to end the year, so it might be time for a cup of tea, a Bex, and a laydown. Well, remember next year we still only need up to 15 minutes of your time every Friday morning. 
Move over ABC Breakfast, Sunrise and Today. Before we go this week, watch out for our 2023 Workplace White Paper. It will be coming out in the next few days before Christmas. It is waterproof. It is sandproof. Your dog will not like to eat it. He won't like the taste of it. But we're hoping that you'll enjoy the read over the summer. TWEP is proudly brought to you by our original and loyal sponsor, WSA. Your experienced workplace strategy, change management, workplace design and workplace culture partner. Check them out, wsagroup.au. Thank you for joining us for episode 21. Please attach the show notes and leave us your feedback or subscribe. On behalf of the TWEP team, Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays. Enjoy your summer break and we'll look forward to seeing you back at TWEP on Friday the 6th of January 2024. The way it is today, Friday the 22nd of December 2023. This has been TWEP. I am Bly Williams and thanks for joining us.